Welcome to the Anxiety at Work podcast. I'm Chester Elton, and this is my dear friend and co-author, Adrian Gosling. Well, welcome, everyone. We hope the time you're going to spend with us will help remove the stigma of anxiety and mental health in the workplace and your personal life. And we invite experts from the world of work and life to give us ideas and, most importantly, tools to deal with anxiety in our world. Our guest today is our dear friend, Whitney Johnson. Whitney is the CEO of Disruption Advisors and one of the 50 leading business thinkers in the world as named by Thinkers 50. Whitney is author of the new book, Smart Growth, as well as the bestsellers, Build an A-Team and Disrupt Yourself. A fellow member of Marshall Goldsmith's 100 Coaches, she started her career as a Wall Street stock analyst and now helps individuals and companies around the world through her disruptive innovation Theories. She also has a wonderful podcast called Disrupt Yourself. Put it on your listen list. It is fabulous. So welcome to the show, Whitney. We're delighted to have you on our podcast. Well, we've known Whitney for some time and, and we love her work and you're going to love it as well. And we want to talk about your new book, uh, Whitney, which talks about growth, but in smart ways. Uh, you know, we all want to grow our lives, our careers. And often we get freaked out when, and I hear this from a lot of younger people, older people, we get freaked out when things are moving too slow, too fast. So how can we look at our own personal growth in maybe a more mentally healthy way? Well, we have developed uh, something called the S-curve of learning, and it's based on the diffusion curve that was developed by Everett Rogers back in the 60s to look at how quickly an innovation would be adopted. It looked at how groups change over time. Um, as I was investing with Clayton Christensen at the Harvard Business School, we um, were using this S-curve to look at innovations and their adoptions. And I had an aha, this insight that we could use the S-curve to help us understand how individuals change. And so it will help you and I think about what growth looks like. All right, so um, I so this S-curve of learning, what it does is it gives you the simple visual model um, to trace growth, both the where you are in your growth and the emotional experience that you're having. And at a very high level, there are three major phases. There's the launch phases, there's the launch point, the sweet spot, and mastery. And every time you start something new, you're on a new S-curve. And what's going to happen at the launch point is um, you're going to potentially feel overwhelmed, um, discouraged, and um, that's all normal. Because what's happening is your brain is running this predictive model Many of your uh, predictions it's running are inaccurate, your dopamine drops. And so growth is happening at the launch point, but it feels slow. And when you know that, you can say, I'm discouraged. Oh, situation normal. I'm supposed to feel this way. And also it helps you not get impatient of, oh, I want to get through this part. I just need to get over with. No, you don't want to go too fast because if you go too fast, then you might make decisions that aren't in your best interest. And so it allows you to be in this messy place to be slow and to really encourage you to stay there as long as you need to until you decide, yes, it's time to move into the sweet spot. Then you get to the sweet spot. Your brain is running this model. Your predictions are increasingly accurate. You feel exhilarated. You feel the sense of growth not only is fast, it feels fast. And then mastery, the top part of the curve model, it is complete. You have figured everything out. Um, the only problem is, is that you're no longer growing. You're no longer getting dopamine. Your dopamine's kind of flatlined. And so the growth here is slow. So you now, um, when you're thinking about your personal growth, when you're thinking about your organizational growth, you've got this model, slow, fast, slow. 
is how you grow. And when you understand that, when you have your map for, for growth, then you're going to increase your capacity to grow. Slow, fast, slow is how you grow. That, you know, that's easy to remember, right? You know, I, I love that you talk about Clayton Christensen. I, mm -hmm. I know that he was a huge mentor of yours and uh, and such a delightful guy. You know, I got to meet him a couple of times. and You forget how tall he is. What, he's like 6'8 or something yes. like that. He yes. was mm -hmm. a big guy. And, and your early career there, you know, um, on Wall Street and investing, Talk about your, you know, talk about your own growth, because mm -hmm. you had a lot of situations there where, to use your language, you had to then, then disrupt yourself. And that couldn't have been easy. And by the way, a perfect time to plug your podcast, Disrupt <laughs> Yourself, which Adrian and I both listen to and is fabulous. But back to your your journey, that disruption, you were with Clayton Christensen, you were learning all this stuff. It couldn't mm -hmm. have been easy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, thank you for talking about my po podcast. I need to learn from you how to do that. You're so good at talking about other people's work. Um, so, uh, yeah, I was working on Wall Street. I was an equity analyst. I um, was doing very well. I had been um, institutional investor ranked for eight years straight. Um, but wow. what happens, and this is the S curve, is you know we talked about being at the top of the curve. Well, that's this place where you're very good at what you're doing, but you feel like you can no longer keep doing it because you're not getting that dopamine. And I was having that experience. I'd been doing this for eight years. I was very good at what I was doing. I was feeling like I want something more. I went to my boss and said, hey, I think I want to do something new. And he said, we like you right where you are. <laughs> I had don't, now read. Don't touch a thing. We, <laughs> exactly. we got this thing running you can great. Do yeah. this in your sleep. And so I had I had this kernel of an idea that disruption isn't just about products and services, but also about people. And that's when I made the decision to leave Wall Street, become an entrepreneur. And I didn't end up working with Clayton Christensen for about two years, uh, two years later. And so there was this whole period of, of messiness of trying to figure out what being an entrepreneur looks like at the launch point of the curve. And I wish I would have known um, then what I know now, which is that's exactly how I was supposed to feel. But there were a couple of years that were very, um, very messy. And, and I love that you talk about, you know, the mess of beginning, because one of the things I wanted to ask you is, is to, you know, we all want to learn, right? But, but when we start something, it's difficult to stick with it. And uh, so I love just what you were saying that, you know, we get overwhelmed, we get discouraged, etc. But so why, first off, don't we stick with new things? And how, more importantly, how do we overcome that tendency? Yeah. So we don't stick with them because we start to do it and it and and the older we get the more insulate more we can insulate ourselves from ever doing anything new. And so that muscle of doing new things gets very very flaccid. It gets very out of shape. So we need to practice trying to do new things. And so three things that you can do when you're at the launch point of the curve that will allow you to build momentum are number 1 know that it's going to feel awkward, know that it needs to be awkward. And that allows you to separate out your identity and not say, well, it doesn't mean I will never be good at it. It doesn't mean I'm a failure. It just means, oh yeah, I'm doing something new. And you're supposed to feel gangly and awkward, just like when you were learning to walk as a two-year-old. That's the first thing. The second thing that you can do is you can use the fact that moving along an S-curve is basically a dopamine management exercise where you're you know, dropping the launch point, spiking in the sweet spot, flat at the high end. Well, how can you 
at the launch point get dopamine, you do that by setting small, ridiculously small goals. So I want to start exercising. I'm not going to run 30 minutes a day. I'm going to put on my tennis shoes every day for a week. And that starts to build those neural pathways. And oh, by the way, you can upside, uh, you know, surprise on the upside, because maybe you put your tennis shoes on and you walk for 30 seconds and your brain says, good job. So that's another way you can build momentum because you get all this dopamine that feels good. And then you can start to get over into the sweet spot where the momentum takes over. And then the third thing you can do, you all know it, your coaches, I'm a coach, is accountability partners. Say what you're going to do to someone by when. I'm going to put on my tennis shoes every day for a week. And, and, and Chester and Adrian, I want you to know I'm going to do it. And I'm going to report back that I did it. And those three things put together are going to give you the ability to persevere through the messiness of the launch point. You know, building momentum just is so important, isn't it? Mm. Those, those celebrating those little wins along the way, those little check-ins, like you say, start with putting on your tennis shoes. See, <laughs> boy, that really is a very ridiculously small goal, you know. Um, the thing is, is once, and maybe this is just you know me and Adrian, we start to do something new, and mm. we start. There's all that excitement, and we start to make progress. It's not unusual that you kind of get tired of it all of a sudden. Yeah. I, is the whole world ADD? And, and how do we how do we then in the S curve, how do we how do we not abandon stuff that we're, you know, that we're making progress towards? We're having some fun and not lose that that intensity. Is it those little small goals along the way? What else, what else can we do? Oh, yeah, it's a great question. So I think in this particular. So so at the launch point, you've got that momentum building and you move it into the sweet spot. I think in the sweet spot of your curve, it's about staying focused because if you think about this idea mm. of you're going fast it's a car around a, a racetrack you know you think self-determination theory competence autonomy and relatedness so you want to stay, stay focused on what you're doing don't take on too many s curves at once maybe do three or four at a time so that you can continue that that metamorphosis up into mastery but then there's the mastery piece which is if you're really good at something um, and you're not getting a lot of dopamine, you start to get bored and your brain says, I know I'm good at it, but I feel like I just can't keep doing it because I'm going to die inside a little bit. So then the question becomes, if you have this, <laughs> if you, if you have this idea of, um, okay, let me back up. So the question becomes, if you're in mastery and there's something that you're really good at, but you want to keep doing it. So for example, you're the CEO of a business and this is your livelihood. It's a business that you care about. The, what you want to ask yourself is, how do I make it so that this is a summit, but not the summit? So you find ways to push yourself back into the sweet spot. So for example, if you're a business owner, let's say, and you are the, you've run it, you've been here for 20 years, maybe you start a podcast, maybe you find a way to mentor other people, you do these S-curve loops where you bring other people along. Maybe you find, you ask yourself, well, how can I um, opt, you know, how can I grow even faster? Or how can I um, really focus my energy on developing people? Something that will allow you, that will challenge you, that will push you into the sweet spot. I'll, I'll give you an example for myself. If I look at my portfolio of S-curves, you could say, all right, well, I'm in the sweet spot overall. 
I've got, um, you know, as a podcaster, I'd say I'm in the sweet spot as, I'm, as a speaker and probably a sweet spot going into mastery, but I stay in the sweet spot because I'm trying continually to get better. Um, as an author, probably in the sweet spot, but as a business owner who's building out a technology tool and trying to scale a business, definitely the launch point. And it's that thing that I'm trying to do that's allowing me to stay in the sweet spot overall. And so if you think of your life as a portfolio of S curves, just optimize, have some at the launch point, some in mastery, and the majority in the sweet spot. I really like that concept of a portfolio of S curves. Yeah. I, like I hadn't heard that before. Yeah. Where, you know, in your life, you've got different S curves and where are you? You know, when you get to that mastery phase, you know, again, keeping your interest and keeping that dopamine, how important is it to keep feeding your brain? I mean, you know, like oh. you're you're an author, we're an author. Are, are you constantly reading? What what are you doing to make sure that you you're feeding that dopamine, that fix, that you're still growing and learning? Is it books? Is it audio books? What what is it for you? For me, um, <laughs> well, I it's I mean, sometimes I listen to audio books, but right now I don't have a very long commute because I work out of my house, so <laughs> I don't really. They have to be to, really short books, yeah, like really, really short, yeah. really short books. Well, you could listen to them while you're putting on your tennis shoes. I mean, just. <laughs> just a thought <laughs> that 30 seconds of time to tie my shoes right. um yeah so i would say that the way i am continually learning is a combination of things one is that as you i have a podcast i have a linkedin live and so i'm i'm continually reading books to prepare for the podcast and the linkedin lives and so that keeps me really sharp another way that i think really um feeds me is that i um, I'm continually talking to people. I mean, one of the things you learn is, uh, you know, as a coach, yes, you're trying to help other people improve, but as you're listening and processing and holding that space for other people, that also um, is a way that I'm learning. So it's, it's in my interactions with other people, as well as the reading that I do for um, interviewing people. Now, we've been talking with Whitney Johnson. This has just been such a terrific uh, discussion. Whitney, if you haven't picked up her new book, Smart Growth, pick it up today. Uh, she really is one of the best business writers that we have around. And uh, now, Whitney, we want to come back. Now, this the podcast is called Anxiety Work. You've written about anxiety for the Harvard Business Review and on your own website. What are some techniques you recommend to help people who are dealing with mental health issues to, to grow and to thrive? Mm. All right. So the first thing that I would say is that um, you are not alone. I, I struggle with anxiety. And I think that one of the best ways it to to help other people is by being willing to talk about your own anxiety and also being willing to talk about it with other people because psychologists have said that you you heal from trauma by having other people bear witness to your loss. And so a willingness to talk about your anxiety is going to, is, is really important. Um, the second thing that I do or, and, and suggest, I do these and I suggest is to impose structure. So we were talking just a minute about those small, ridiculously small goals. And so sometimes when I am feeling anxious and I suggest that other people do this is break down time, break down your time into much smaller increments. Don't think about what do I need to get done today? What do I need to get done this afternoon? Focus on what do I need to get done in the next five minutes? And that allows you to come back to the present moment and focus on now. And then the third thing that I would suggest, and um, I you'll, you'll appreciate this, is I will sometimes just say, 
what am I grateful for right now? Because if I'm talking about three things that I'm grateful for in this moment, like I've got a microphone that allows me to do this podcast, I'm talking to two people that I enjoy that make me laugh, that brings me back into the moment. And it's pretty, it, what it tells my brain and my body is you're probably safe because if I had a bear chasing me and I was running for my life, I wouldn't have time to stop and be grateful. So that <laughs> that triggers for me that I'm safe. Um, two other thoughts is I would say uh, therapy, 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 coach, coach, coach to help you have that bonus prefrontal cortex. And then finally, um, take breaks and pace yourself. I find that my anxiety will mount as the day goes by and it's because I stopped taking breaks. And so just, you know, if you're working for 50 minutes, get up, walk around, get out in the fresh air. Those are all suggestions that I would make to, to, help, to help manage through anxiety. Excellent advice. You know, and I, I, it keeps coming back to tennis shoes. I mean, a bear is chasing you. You want to make sure you've got your tennis shoes on. You know what I'm saying? Another good reason. Yeah. To Another tie those reason. shoes up every day. Exactly. Yeah. Hey, um, talk about some of your personal practices. You mentioned yeah. a couple along the way. Yeah. And, you know, I know that you're a person of faith. Mm-hmm. And when you said, you know, it's really important for people to know that they're not alone in your personal practices and whatnot, does your faith play a role in managing your mental health? Oh, a hundred percent, a thousand percent. Yeah. I mean, what I do is, so I get up every morning. I, um, the first thing I do is I pray. Well, actually I listen to or read a sacred text. Um, I, um, then I pray for some people that might be meditation, but it, it, I'm continually thinking about how can I bring God into my life and how can, because knowing and believing that he is there, um, allows me to be grounded, it allows me to be centered. It allows me, as I just said, and you reminded me to not feel like I'm alone, that I will be okay. There is someone providential divine who has my back. Um, from there, I look at my top three or four, three or four priorities for the day. I start working. Um, I do yoga. Uh, sometimes I, some days I run, I put on my tennis shoes, I take lots of breaks. And at the end of the I actually sometimes in the afternoon take naps. Those are very restorative and help me kind of manage as well. And then in the evening, I'll alternate practices between, um, what I'm grateful for. And sometimes I just focus on what did I love doing that day? This is the Marcus Buckingham work. And so I bookend my day with those spiritual reflective practices. And those allow me to, to move through my day and manage the anxiety, which is like a fly and always lurking, but, but continually trying to move through that and, and beyond it. Yeah, I love that. Uh, that that's so beautiful. Good. Thank yeah. you so much. Yeah, it's such a such a great practices and uh, and such a great discussion today. So, if you had to summarize one or two things you'd want our listeners to take away to to try and cultivate more smart growth in their lives, where where would you uh, what would you point out for us? I would keep it very simple, and I would draw the S on a piece of paper or with your finger, and just say, okay. So I've got the launch point, I've got the sweet spot, I've got mastery. Where am I in my current role? Where am I in my life? What S-curves do I have going on or happening right now? Because once you understand that, you will be able to orient yourself. You'll be able to have compassion and grace for yourself of like, oh, this is why I'm struggling. I'm at the launch point. I'm doing something new or, oh, this is really fun or, oh, 
now I understand why I need to start something new because I'm bored and, my, and growth is my default setting. And so by having this map, it's going to allow you to um, know where you are and then know what's next. And as I said, I, I believe that growth is our default setting. And so this, this gives you a map in order to do that. You know, I love that. Growth is your default setting. That's, that's, listen, thank you so much, Whitney. You know, we've been big fans for a long time. We're just delighted to have you on the podcast. Thank you for your vulnerability. Thank you for sharing your S-curve, the portfolio. And I guess there's really only one last question we need to ask, Adrian, and that is, how many pairs of tennis shoes do you think Whitney owns? <laughs> well, Whitney, thanks so much for being with us today. We, yeah, we are big fans of your work, and hopefully everybody runs out and grabs, grabs your new book. And, uh, and thank you again. Thank you. Well, Chess, Whitney Johnson, what a what a coup to, to land Whitney on our show. One of the real thought leaders in in American business right now, and and I love what she said. I've 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 used her ideas before on this S curve of learning, because so many times, whether we're you know deciding on a new career, we're we're gonna move, we're gonna whatever we're doing in life. There is, there is this process we go through, right, where this launch, where we're overwhelmed and we want to rush through that as quickly as we can, right? And, we, and I just love her advice. Slow down. Um, slow is how you grow. Love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree with you. Whitney uh, is the legend. Uh, we love uh, Whitney. We followed her work for a long time. Yeah, that slow, fast, slow is how you grow. I thought was a great mantra. You know, you go slow because you're learning and then you kind of hit the point and then you go really fast and then you slow down as you as, as you catch up. It's it's messy. She said, I always love the expression, the masterpiece is in the mess. You know, enjoy that messiness. What can you learn as you're going forward and you're and you're growing and you're moving through that X S curve. Um, stay focused, I thought was a great one. You know, we're easily distracted. Uh, I know in my case, it always is. I say yes to way too many things. And I, I loved her advice that, you know, stay focused. You don't have to say yes to everything. You can actually, the discipline of saying no is, is, is really important. And that was one of my big takeaways. Yeah, no, I love that. And, and I love that for you, by the way. Yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. <laughs> um, what I love, to, I, she says, the muscle of doing th new things gets atrophied. Now, this was for me. Uh, this was my smack upside the head is that, I mean, you know, you and I have been doing what we do for many years. We love what we do, but sometimes... You know, how often do we push ourselves into something new? And, and we did a couple of years ago. We started uh, doing executive coaching, which which we hadn't yeah. done before. And it was new and it was and it was different. But she's right. Those muscles get atrophied if you don't try something new. And so I loved her point of ridiculously small goals. You know, right, it might right, be right. today I'm going to, you know, I'm going to get up and I'm going to do the first thing. And so I thought that was really great advice. That getting in motion, I think, is so so key. And, I, you know, that's really what she was talking about. You've got this big list. It becomes overwhelming. Do that first thing. Set a small goal. Get to the shower. Okay, you're in motion. Now you can start to do things. I, I, I really appreciated her advice, too, on, on an accountability partner, someone with you along the journey. I think that's one of the reasons that you and I have, have had such a good relationship for now over 22 years is that, you know, we've got somebody we can count on. We've got somebody we can trust. We've got somebody that, you know, holds us accountable. Um, one other thing that for me was a good takeaway from what you just said about trying new things is understanding that the new things don't always work. 
You know, I remember you and I tried the clubhouse thing, and I, it worked really great for a lot of people, and we just didn't get it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it just yeah. it just wasn't part of who we are and how we work, and yeah. and the clubhouse thing. It, it was fun to try, and you know, yeah, I we've tried a shot a half yeah. a dozen times. Yeah. <laughs> we've tried Facebook, we've tried Instagram, and it just wasn't our thing. And but we found things that worked for us, and so and I love that. She says, you know, don't take on too many S curves at once. So. That's where an accountability partner can help, I think, is that to say, you know, because we do that with each other. We kind of go, okay, yeah, yeah. but are, should we really do this? And so what you and I have done, we say we take on one big new thing a year. And that's worked well for us, one new S-curve a year. Yeah. And then the last thing for me was manage your portfolio of S-curves, which I thought was just brilliant. You're going to be in an S-curve in your personal life. You're going to be in an S-curve in a new uh, thing that you're developing, you know, whether it be for your business or whatever, an S-curve with your family and so on. And uh, are you managing those? And where are you in each one of those? Because you're going to be in different places and just realize that that's going to be the case. And to your point is don't get your portfolio overloaded. You don't want to have 50 things in your S-curve portfolio. I'm thinking 48, 49. You know, <laughs> tops, huh? yeah, tops, yeah. <laughs> well, I feel I feel disrupted. I don't know about you. In a good way, though. Uh, Whitney does that. She uh, comes in and shakes your thinking up. And so we want to thank Whitney Johnson for, for being our guest today. Big thanks to our producer, Brent Klein. Um, to Christy Lawrence, who helps us find amazing guests like uh, Whitney. And to all of you who listened in today. Yes, and you know, uh, download the podcast and share it with friends and family. You know, uh, Whitney really does give such great advice in such a compact format. You know, it, it doesn't take you eight hours to listen to an audio book or, or read a book. You know, here you've got 45 minutes with, with great advice. So download it. Give us a five-star rating if you can and, and share it with your friends and family. We uh, also have a community. Uh, we thrive together.global, creating a safe place where people can talk about anxiety in the workplace. And of course, if you can't tell, we love presenting. We love speaking to audiences, whether it's virtual or it's in person. If you've got a, an event coming up and you want to talk about anxiety, you want to talk about your culture, you want to talk about gratitude, give us a call. We would love to be at your event with you. And we promise yeah. we will deliver a world-class and Chester will speak at birthdays, bar mitzvahs, <laughs> whatever you have. Yeah. I do the speaking. Adrian does the balloon animals. You know, Adrian does the balloon animals. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, well, thanks, everybody, for joining us today. Pick up a copy of our book, Anxiety at Work. And until next time, we wish you the best of mental health. Take care and be well. <laughs>